You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... And it chipped it away again! Toby Flood. God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that. Shut it off! Shut the video top! What a yoga! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Waste High Rugby Podcast. The podcast that no one asked for, but you've got anyway. Um, I'm delighted today to be joined by Tom and Adam. Um, gentlemen, how are we? Let's start with you, Tom. I'm good. Uh, insightful and informative as always. Adam? I'm good. Now for the uncensored version, Adam. The uncensored version. I'm just, I, it's just a bit of a weird situation. I'm sitting in my bed, bedroom with a can of Carlsberg, talking to two two guys that are trying to screw me over in the in the tournament. Uh, two blending guys, the enemy. So, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, uh, life could be better, but it's all good. We're on the pod. Hopefully, some other people are listening to this that I like. So it's all good. Carry on, Tom. What what beer are you drinking there? It's a Arctic. It's Mac Arctic. Usually I drink a beer called a Norlands because they've got a Norlands beer and it's really, really good. But I drank that yesterday. So today I'm going out for an Arctic. I'm not going to lie. It looks like something you, you you get an oldie for like 29p. It really is. It's one of those cheap ones. What if you, we're, we're all, we've all got a drink. It's Friday night. Well, obviously, we've got no real lives. So well, what are you drinking, Ed? What are you, what's your tip? Of? I am on a gin and tonic. Uh, my yeah, my family were here the past week, and they got me a, a good like liter or so of gin from Duty Free. So I'm, I, I cracked that open today after a pretty heavy week at work and with other stuff. So yeah, you're such a posh English boy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on the gin too. Well, rot, what, what? Good on you, mate. If I was really posh, I'd be cucumber in it, but there isn't. See, I'm actually just a commoner like you. <laughs> Anyway, um, I think some rugby uh, we should talk about. I mean, I guess there's not a huge amount that's happened in the past few days. Um, in Norway, at least, obviously, uh, Bergen and Sagan have played a game. Um, I think it, it was a big scoreline, pushing a cricket scoreline, to be honest. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's much else to say about that. No. <laughs> there is no thing, is there? I mean I've obviously I spoke to I spoke to um I spoke to some of the Bergen guys and uh they I think they just wanted to forget about it as as much as they yeah. could. Uh they just said it was a bad day at the office. They lost a lot of players. Um Sargonu were obviously very strong, uh being at home. Um but yeah, uh, it's one of those sometimes it happens. Um it makes me feel like a bit of an idiot because I was like, you know, Bergen are going to be really strong this year. and um, But, uh, you know, we never know what, what could happen, what happens on the day. And unfortunately, it didn't go that way this last week. So it is the big game. You know, it's... it's oh, go on, Tom. Um, Adam, you are, however, right about one thing because I saw a couple of clips from the game and the pitch. Oh, my God, there was a pond in the middle of it. It looked awful. So I think your uh, criticism of the Volkswagen pitch may be justified. So you can be right about that. 
Wait, you think I'm just everything's... I, I'm a very, like, uh, straight line, straight die kind of guy. I don't lie about stuff, you know? This is... It was... It's it's like a bog down there. I mean, I know that's probably why all those Irish guys love it, because it reminds them back of the peat bog back in Ireland. It's horrendous. And it stinks as well. Absolutely stinks. But yeah, false locker. Yeah. It is what it is. I think it's the only pitch where you can risk drowning and also get, like, an astro burn on your knees. Because part of it will be super dry, but there'll be a pond in the middle of it. It's it's, it's unique. There was like, unique. like the week the week before we were doing a national team camp down there, and you know, it was practice. We were practicing fifty twenty two kicks, and yet obviously it has to bounce to go out, doesn't it? In the twenty two, and it was just going down and just plop. It wasn't even bouncing. It was just like squidge. Yeah, there isn't a groundskeeper. I'm pretty sure down there, but yeah. Yeah, not not the best pitch. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we won't speak much about that game then, but I kind of agree with you, Adam. I think at the start of the season, a lot of us were kind of backing Bergens do pretty well. Um, but then, does it highlight the the issues with, with Norway as a rugby country, right? Because traveling away for a team is so... Well, it's harmful in terms of the expense and, you know, you don't get the players always. You don't. You won't always get a full contingent or a full strength squad because of because of life and because of the cost. Probably more than anything, right? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I mean, I'm sure this subject's somewhat close to you as as much as ref bashing is. Um, you know about the fixtures because you know you mention it every week because I know Blinders have been screwed over. But it doesn't. It, yeah, when you only have to look at the the the, the table at the moment. So the two people. So uh, Sargner have had three. Well. I, Linden away for Sargon is not is for me is not an away game. If you're staying in the you're staying in the town that you are, that's a fucking home game for me. So Sargon have essentially had three home games. Onheim have essentially had three home games. You know, and the people that have had to travel are the ones that are at the bottom of the, of the table. It doesn't make any sense, and I just hope for God's sake the next year it's more even because like we we discussed before the costs around uh the commitment needed to go for an away game it's where everybody's at their worst um so yeah it's it's frustrating uh but you know saying that it is it's we we all knew about it to start with so we yeah. got a plan accordingly but it's still it's still a lot of money to to fork out and obviously Bergen have been hit hard hard with that i think they had a few injuries as well from the game previously uh, and then trying to get people to book uh, late on, yeah, you, you, yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough. And I think it's gonna. It is seriously one of the the main things that we need to try and grow the game. And that, that's where I think league have kind of got it right because they do it with the west and the east as separate kind of series, and then they play finals against the winner of east and west. I'm not sure. I'm not saying we, we're able to do that in in Union, but uh, at least it, it it makes it a little bit more viable if you can drive to a game. Uh, but yeah. I don't know what the answer is, Ed. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I've, I think, you know, obviously this this is only my second season in Norway, really, and uh, I'm still trying to get to grips with a lot of things in in Norwegian rugby. But it's, yeah, it's it's not easy, right? And even when I've been in England and in the Czech Republic and places like that, playing like, you know, your, your transport is covered, but then at the same time, you, you're not traveling nearly as far, right? Like the worst, the furthest I've ever had to travel for a game before Norway was like I don't know four and a half hours on a train from Prague to um, east of eastern uh, Czech Republic, right? Um, mm. 
but then travel there is so cheap. So whereas here it's you know to go to Trondheim, it's it was what like a seven eight hour drive, um, and it's expensive here. You know hotels. Uh, you should look at the cost of like a hotel and flights, um, and then a social. If you're someone who drinks more than others, you know it, the costs pile up. Um, it's not just it's not just the beers that you're out and about. You're not in your own kitchen, so you've yeah. got to eat out or you've got to get food in. It's uh, it's it, it 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 makes it, it makes for a very. Uh, but we're talking about the negatives. The positives are you yeah. you know uh, one thing I do like about the, the away games is it just feels like a mini tour. Do you know what I mean? You're away for the weekend or at least an overnight. And uh, that's one thing I do like because like when I first got here, obviously I just I just I was just staying in Stamanger. But then I got to see a lot more of Norway, been to Bergen, Trondheim, Oslo, um Lekishord when they were playing, all that kind of these places which, you know, you get to go to on the regular basis and it's it, it, you know, there are positives in, involved in that. You know what I mean? Like I say, it feels like you're going on tour, you know, getting that yeah. lane game, it's just that's mega, you know. But what's your favorite uh, away game in Norway? Favorite away game in Norway? When I first started playing, I would have said it was Bergen because they they played in Fauna Stadium and it was like it felt like you were playing in a real good like professional setup. They haven't got that anymore. Uh, up until the last away game against Trondheim, I would have said Trondheim <laughs> because uh, that's the furthest north I've been in Norway. Um, but yeah, I obviously we 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 had a bad day at the office last time we played them, so. Um, now, I, I, yeah, I, I like them all, to be honest. Still, I, I just like going away with the lads, you know, being being part of something, getting on a plane with all the boys all the way in your own kit, representing your club, going to play rugby for the weekend. It's That's what more could you ask for, really, at the end of the day. And I know it's pricey, yeah. but it's how you value uh, everything that comes with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, Tom, I want to ask you the same question, but I want to rephrase it, right? So, because you are you, which away game do you hate the least? Um, I like them all to be honest. Yeah, it, like it's just fun to go out on tour, like Adam says. Like it is, it's a different feel waking up in the morning, packing your kit bag, going to the airport, seeing everyone else there, being a bit hungover, grabbing a coffee, and then thinking, "Oh my god, got to take this plane to Trondheim, and then I've got to play a rugby match." Like it's, it is different. I don't feel like a professional i feel like a moron who's gone and signed up for something and hasn't quite understood what i've signed up for that's how i used to feel like oh i've got to get up at 5 40 get get to the airport land then i've got to work out how to get from the airport to the stadium or the pitch oh and i forgot my coat brilliant and it's snowing i'm gonna freeze for three hours and then Trondheim, we're going to play Trondheim. We're going to play 40 minutes of rugby. Be really irritated because I don't play as well as I wanted to play. Or I get tired really quickly or I get injured. And then there's no other choice but to get drunk after that. So it's it's, it's a unique experience. I think that's the, it definitely is. Like the away days are brilliant because they're so much fun. But it does mean you can't have a proper season of rugby. Like I don't feel probably better for Adam to answer this because you've been injured for ages, but how the hell do you find any sort of like form? Because I've been playing football now and we've had like four or five games on the trot. And like you do get like match fitness from playing four or five games like week in, week out. Whereas rugby, like I don't think I ever felt, playing in Norway, I never felt like I had any sort of, you know, 
hit any sort of form or anything because you're changing positions, you're filling in, you might get 40 minutes here or there. Well, you'll probably get more than 40 minutes, Adam, hopefully, given your captain. But yeah, like how do you get like any kind of form or any kind of like team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I said this before on the pod as well. Like when you're playing in the UK and you're like, you know, you're doing 40 games in a season, the team doesn't start to gel until about eight or nine games in. Um, and like you said, you start getting your match business after maybe three or four games, and then you start feeling good. Um, it's 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 very very tough, and it's 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 tough as well because like you do one game where like you, you you've got a set, a certain set of players that have been training together, and then it might not go as well as you expect, and then the, the the coaches kind of panic a little bit. Oh, we need to change everything. So then you change them for the next game, but then you've got different personnel. So it's like you can't get into that continuity because then you have thrown in an away game and then away game just becomes whoever can whoever can make it or whoever can afford to get there. So then you might be playing in a different position or you play with the weaker squad. So therefore you just try and grind it out. It's um it's it's very, very tough. The only way you really combat I think is just trying to play as much contact in games in training. Um that's the only way the way way I can see it. But for the the way that we've kind of done it with our fitness is is trying to encourage as many people as we can to play sevens in the off season. So at least you've got a bit of contact. Uh, your body's kind of bit ready for contact. You've got a bit of match fitness there with the, with the with the sevens because I'm not built for sevens at all. But I did it purely as a little as a pre, as a long pre-season for union. You know what I mean? So I'd encourage everyone to get involved in doing that as much as possible. But um, yeah, it, it 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 is tough. But um, at the, but it, it, no, it's, as much as there is negative, the positives still outweigh it because it's still fucking great. Just you know being with the boys and just fucking getting stuck in, you know, and you, you, you know everybody you're playing against. So it's kind of like, you know, you're friendly with all the other people and it's a good community feel. So can't take anything away from the positive. Yeah, I, I understand that because I understand that because when I played the, my first football match, it was like finished at like 9.30 on a Tuesday night and I was ready to go out drinking and like socialising and like get on it, have go to the pub get some food get some beers in have a good laugh but it's like no in the cars drive home go to sleep yeah. go to work the next day so it's a complete it's completely unique i don't think there's a sport like it in norway like if you want this experience the only way you can get it is through rugby because all the other sports are much more you play the sport you go home i'm sure you'll agree with this Ed, as well it's like i don't think it's a sport in the world much like it because like that's what I love about rugby is like you, you you're there and you're, you're battering the shit out of each other for for eighty minutes and like you know say me and you are playing against each other Tom and you know we, we're going hard against each other the first thing we'll do is have a beer together and, and be like yeah mate that was great because I, I played I played a bit of football in the UK um, when I was younger I'd play I sort of sort of play uh, football on a on a Saturday and then rugby on a Sunday and then uh, but it, it's unique having a clubhouse or somewhere to go where all both teams go together. Football, you turn up, you get in the change room separately, and then or you change by the side of the pitch, depending on how good the ground is. You do your thing on the pitch, and then everyone goes their own separate ways. Okay, your team might go to one pub on their own with a couple of guys, but it would only be a maximum of like six or seven guys and stay for a couple of beers, but the other team would be nowhere to see. In rugby, everyone gets together. There's a competition, who's got the best songs. Uh, they do awards, and they give you your best man. And I think that... That kind of, you know, you saw the results from the questions we were asking at the grand final last week, what rugby means, that community. Um, and I actually got some feedback from uh, one of the parents or one of the guys who interviewed at the grand final last week and said, you know, loves what we're doing with the pods. And that there's, she hasn't, it was all, this was all in Norwegian as well, by the way. She was writing to me in Norwegian. And she said she hasn't 
found a sport that is quite like rugby in the way that it brings people together. Uh, you know, and she said it really opened up her eyes in terms of like, you know, they have this vision that rugby is just this really aggressive, big sport where it's played by people trying to hurt each other. But she said it couldn't be further from the truth when you actually get involved with it, which is, I think, is unique to rugby. Would you agree, Ed? Totally. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can say it any better than that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I actually just wanted to kind of go back to to what we were saying a couple of minutes ago about the the whole form thing as well. But it almost sounded, Tom, like you were you were going to concede the fact that fitness and preseason is actually really important because I know that's been something you've you have been vocal about in the past, and it seems like you might be uh, changing your mind on it. So. I can see how you've understood what I've said to contradict. I've contradicted myself. I can understand how you can see that. But my argument has never been fitness is completely pointless. I'm saying that the marginal gain of fitness is not that big. So if I'm going to really detail it out for you, this is how I see fitness. You need a certain level of fitness. Once you achieve that, working really hard to gain an extra percent of fitness, I don't see that additional gain to that additional percent of fitness. However, I see the additional gain of skill as much more important. So, to translate that to a game, if if you've got a better ability, if your skill in tackling is really, really high and you can reach the player, you've got a better chance of tackling them if your skill is high. Your fitness will probably get you there either way, whether it was 1% better or 1% worse. You're probably still going to get there and get yourself into a tackling position. Once you're in that tackling position, your skill to execute the tackle is what really, really, really matters. So you need a certain level of fitness to get there, but your execution skill is much, much, much more important. So that should be worked on harder. So this constantly trying to get incrementally more fitter, I think is a bit of a, flaw that rugby seems to have taken has taken on is like this marginal gain they've really gone into the marginal gains on the fitness side of things but I don't think they've gone into the marginal gains on the skill side of things and like I think brilliant cases of this is why we're still shocked at forwards kicking whereas for, mm-hmm. like say for forward who's really already really fit and already really good at the skills they already do if they were to spend a whole week improving their fitness and improving the skills they already can, they're not going to make that much gain in their, in their fitness or in their skills comparatively to if they started learning a completely new skill from scratch. So put it into like completely simple terms, that's the best. If you spent a whole week practicing line-out jumping, practicing pushing at a scrum and doing more fitness, is he going to get drastically better in any of those things? Probably not. He might get slightly better, and he might maintain, but he won't get drastically better. If he spent that whole week learning to drop kick, he'd probably go from zero drop kick to a passable drop kick that could win them something. It could be useful at some point in time. But yeah. Because like, if you took that amount of time and you just changed it to learning a new skill, that could be much more important. Yeah, I agree with some of the bits you're saying there. Um Fitness, I think, is one of the easiest things to improve. Skill is, I think, takes a lot more time. Sometimes people are naturally talented and naturally skilled, 
Um, but everybody can improve on fitness. That's the thing. Not everybody can be a world-class kicker. Not everybody can be, uh, you know, a world-class at reading a game. Some people just get that naturally or they've been taught and they've done it over a long period of time. Whereas fitness, that's why pre-season is so important because you don't want to be doing fitness when you want to hone your skills. But the thing is, it's all interlocked because you can't do your skills. You've got to be able to do those skills when you're knackered. And when you're knackered, those skill levels drop down. So you've got to be as fit as you can so that you can keep whatever skill level you have at its best, at its peak. And that's going to be done longer if you're fitter. Like, But like I, I certainly think in Norway, for example, at our level, the fitter team will generally win. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter how skillful the players will be, but the, generally speaking, the fitter team will win. Definitely. I think I, 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 I agree with you. If it's a very tight game, that fitness is possibly a determining factor. If it's a tight game, say you against Sargina, and like we could pretty much agree that you two are like probably the teams that's going to have the closest match in Norway. Whether you're playing away, whether you're playing at home, no matter the circumstances, Sargina versus Stavanger is probably the closest match in Norway where most people would go, we're not sure who's going to win that. Fitness then could play a role in what you're saying because it could be the advantage because you're pretty much locked. At the yeah. same skill level and the same strategy level, you're pretty much locked. You're pretty much like five times Sargon would win, five times Devangi would win if yeah. you played each other 10 times. So then fitness could play a role. So if you're bringing on someone really explosive and Sargon can't bring on someone really explosive, that explosivity might be the thing that unlocks the defense. The edge. However, I don't see fitness playing a big role in the fact that Stavanger, no, that Bergen lost to Sargon. I don't see how fitness, I would say that's much more a discrepancy of skill than a discrepancy of fitness that caused that result. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. But like, if you look at, if we talk a little bit like, like international level, for example, how many games have you seen where like, you know, 20 minutes in, it's kind of nil-nil or there's only like one score for the team which you think would smash them. Most teams, because of their fitness levels, can keep up with each other at that level for for 20 minutes, I think. Like anybody can play anyone and, and keep in it in 20 minutes. But like you see some teams, um, you know, say Chile, for example, they're playing for the first 18, 20 minutes and they're playing against, uh, I don't know, one of the big t- top, top, na- t- top nation teams. And then all of a sudden you look at the first 20 minutes, it's very close. Then you're looking, you come back out after, after 60 minutes and all of a sudden the score's like 70 because their fitness level dropped. Their skill level at the start and their fitness level were equal. But then what they've just dropped off because they've been pounding, they've been pounding, they've pounding. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, obviously that's one extreme to the other. But like I say, I, I still stand by my point that fitness is just the easiest thing to easiest thing to improve. Yeah. And I also think fitness, that in that example you've just given, I would say fitness is a very easy um, thing to look at because it's such a simple explanation. And often the simplest explanation is the right explanation. But I also think that the... Say if New Zealand play against Chile, I think another very reasonable explanation for New Zealand and Chile being near in the last of 20 minutes is the fact that New Zealand never play against Chile. So they need the, the New Zealand players need to learn from what they see as they're playing to work out how to, how to beat them. They know they're going to beat them. They can be patient. They just need to learn what's the best tactic to beat them. So during the game, they learn that. So it might be as simple as they work out that the outside centre can't tackle. Rico Arnie go against their outside centre we're going to pass to you but they, it might take them 20 minutes to work that out yeah so what I agree with that. so I think I think fitness is I think a lot of 
what happens is in rugby, the commentators and the pundits, they have they have very little time to explain to you the game because they've got to tell you what's happening and then they've got to analyse at the same time. So you get the simplest, easiest and like reason why. Because if you give me one minute to explain what happened in a game that's last 80 minutes, I've, I don't have time to explain lots of stuff to you. So I'm just going to go for the simplest, easiest one, fitness. New Zealand have better fitness, that's why they won. Whereas I think a lot of the time, the answer is probably a lot more there's a lot more factors at play. So fitness could be one factor, but you've also got the fact that I think a serious skill that's probably underlooked in rugby is the ability to learn during a game, the ability to work out where you're stronger and where the opposition is weaker and exploiting that. It's almost like that's what another another great thing about rugby. It's like a chess game, isn't it? You know, where 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 we where are we better than them? Where do we need to factor? Obviously you go into a game and have a game plan like for instance, when we played Sargon and we beat them 12-5, we went in with the game thinking, right, we're going to play an expansive game of rugby. We're going to try and get it out wide. Uh, we're going to That's where we're going to try and keep it away from their forwards because we know they're strong in the back. But then we turned up on the day. Conditions were not 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 really well for, for spinning the ball out wide because you're probably going to drop it because it was really wet. Um, and our forwards were just really up for it and on, onto it. So we took them up. on up, up, up. So we completely changed the, the game plan. Like They went 5-0 up and we were like, look, this isn't going to work. We change it around and then obviously, but yeah. But I mean, talking of fitness, what do your boys think is the worst fitness? I'll ask you first, Ed. What do you think is the worst fitness drill that you do with rugby, which comes up a lot? Like one, you just think, oh, not that. It's fucking brutal. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, Broncos maybe. I just, I, I hate, I'm, I hate two things, right? I hate running and I hate cycling. Um, I'm actually very quick you know, over a short distance, like over 100 to 200 meters. I'm actually fast, but I long distance or and instead short, short distances. well, 100 and 200 meters. Yeah. It's short. Like, compared to compared to like okay, compared to a thousand plus right or whatever. I, yeah. I put it this way: I'm never going to run a marathon. Um, mm. I was actually a Tom Tom pulling some faces there. Uh, I was actually. Uh, very good at the 200 and 100 meter at school. I, I was winning those most years. Uh, but nice. anything over that, I'm just, I'm absolutely dreadful at, to be honest. Uh, and I hate with a passion. So things like Broncos, I, for me, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it is brutal though, because you, you, you obviously you're turning around and, and you go up the coast. But like, you think when you, when you, when you break it down and you tell people what, like someone who doesn't know what Broncos is, like it's basically around about, well, probably at our level, six six minutes of of, of yeah. running. Yeah. So you've got a tr- so those of you who are listening don't know it's it, you have you start on the trial line. You have a cone which is twenty meters, forty meters, and sixty meters. You have to go to the twenty meter back, forty meter back, sixty meter back, and you have to do that five times, and that's a bomb cone. Uh, Richie McCaw used to do it in five minutes thirteen, and I think um, Bowden Barrett did it in four minutes twelve once, which is ridiculous. Like. But it doesn't sound that bad when you talk about it. But when you're doing it, you're like, "Oh my god!" Because of the turning. Yeah. I, I, I may, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. That was, but I, yeah. But what's yeah. your, what, what, what's your, what, what one of you like? Have you ever been sick in any, any fitness? It could be, it could be football as well. Which, whatever fitness drill you've done, that you think's top really made you. So, the fitness drills that I like doing are the ones that are just sprints. Mm. I, I can I can suffer sprints because I know it works. It gets you fifth there, and it's over fast, and it works your whole body straight away. So football, it was always like 
I'd just sprints basically. So it'd be like eight sprints, two minute break, eight sprints, two minute break, eight sprints, two minute break, and then it, or 12 sprints, it depends on like the level. And it's also the bleep test. That's a football one. They love the bleep yeah. test. And the yo-yo, which is like curve. You're running like a curve. Yeah. That's why it's called the yo-yo. So it's basically, essentially, it's all like interval training. Yeah. Um, what I think coming from football and going into rugby, the fitness element of rugby that is more taxing than football is the change of level. So you're on the ground, you're standing up, you're on the ground. Yeah. You've bent over a lot of the time. That was the fitness element of rugby that football doesn't translate to that. That makes sense? Because maybe you do one slide tackle and you get up from it. But the ability to hit the ground and then get up fast yeah, to get into position, that sort of fitness is what like shocks. I think, But I think like the Bronco doesn't teach that. I don't know what you do at Stavanger or whatever and how Glyn train, trains you, but that change of level, yeah. I think is a very important thing for fitness yeah. in rugby is the ability to... You know, because you're pushing off off the ground. Are you? Yeah, you're fighting well, we, to get we, out we, of the rock. We do. We do two different types. Well, we do three different types of broncos with Glenn. Uh There's one bronco where every cone you have to get down onto your chest and back up again before you come back out. That's quite hard. Another one is where you do the twenty, forty, sixty, and then when you get back to the try line, you have to do ten uh, squats, ten sit ups, and ten press ups, and then you go again and you have to do that. We did that last week. But well, my my one of my worst ones is what we call. Um, I've got two actually. It's the coat hangers. Have you ever done that? Coat hangers. So you start on you start on the sideline at the halfway line, and then you run to the middle of the posts, and that's one. And then you basically you go as a group, and then you can't go until the last person gets there. So if you get there first, yeah. you get a bit of a rest. Then and then you then you go to the, the other side of the halfway line. So you do one first, then you go from the middle of the post to the halfway line to the other middle of the post. So that's two. And in, then three would be back to where you started, and four would be all the way around the pitch. So you have to do one, then two, then three, then four, then four, and three, then two, then one. But what Glenn likes to do is he goes, Right, you're on the last one. And then he goes, Right, you're doing another four. And it's like, Oh my God, it's brutal. He goes, The referee might give you a bad decision. You've got to get used to it. So that one is absolutely brutal because you're just hanging because you have to give it your, your hardest and you don't want to be last so you can get a, get a, you can get a good rest. But the other one which we've started doing recently is called the three minutes of hell. And basically you've got like, you got some pads which are like five, I don't know, probably five yards away from each other. One person on a pad, one person on a pad, one bloke on the floor lying down on his chest. You have to get up, hit the pad, back into the middle onto your chest, up, hit the other pad. And they're putting resistance against you for three minutes continuously. It is brutal. And you've got like the coaches there going, you do like, you do say maybe 20 bag hits. And then the coach goes, right, 30 seconds gone. You're not even a quarter of the way through. You're like, oh, my God. He's like, geez. <laughs> yeah, I was almost sick last like, on Tuesday doing that. It was absolutely brutal. See, that, like, a lot of fitness to me comes across as let's just knacker them out. How, how can we create something that's going to knacker them out? Whereas how often on a rugby pitch are you genuinely knackered? Uh, to probably probably towards the last uh, 15 minutes, I'd say. Yeah, but you're not... Gen- like Maybe you are genuinely knackered because you're more explosive or you carry more weight or whatever. But for me, like, fitness... Some- so the whole team doing that drill doesn't make sense to me because why would I need my winger to work consistently for three minutes? Mm. My winger's never going to work consistently for three minutes. My winger's going to work, hopefully, max for 10 seconds but they're going to work extremely hard for 10 seconds. 
because that's when they finish. That's when they score. I don't need him to have unbelievable levels of cardio. Yeah. I remember the Honey Badger said to me, Honey Badger said to me once, he said, uh, playing on the wing is 90% boredom, 10% fear. Because you're doing, for 90% of the game, you're doing nothing. And then you get the ball and you're expected to do something or someone's running at you or something. So it's like, it's brutal. Yeah. So, I, I but, yeah. Mm. No, I was, I, I see your point and I, I agree with it mostly. A lot of it does depend on your position, obviously. And, but a lot of it depends on the game as well. Like I've been in games, um, maybe not so much in Norway. Well, I've only played one and a half games in Norway, but in the past, um, you know, when I was in the centres, I I would and Adam, you probably had this as well. I've had one game one week where I've been so involved, I've been touching the ball like every couple of minutes, and you know, very physical. But then the next week, I've played another game where I've touched the ball once the entire game, and it's just forward dominated. But then the forwards are, are fucking up in the scrums, or you know, the ball's getting dropped at ten, or it's not even getting past nine, or whatever, right? And then mm. it totally, especially in amateur rugby, it's so dependent on you know the weather where in international rugby you know even if it's absolutely pissing it down a team like the all blacks is still going to get the ball from nine to nine down to the wing with, like with absolute ease whereas yeah. in amateur rugby like this it's you're lucky if it goes past 12 to be honest yeah well we have a saying like train hard fight easy so like you just yeah. train as hard as you can and then when they, when when the, when the time comes you, you you're kind of ready for it do you know what i mean but yeah yeah, it's, um, well, it'd be interesting to hear any of the listeners out there what what they're uh, what what they what fitness people they don't like. So, any of those guys want to send us an email on uh, or send us a message on Instagram? Be interesting to see if we get anyone that agrees with with Broncos. I'm sure Broncos make users. You uh, yeah. you sound proper old there, Adam. Oh, do you want to send us an email on Instagram? <laughs> send me your homie pigeon. Send your homie pigeon. Do <laughs> people have new emails nowadays? No. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it more. I'm thinking about like that what the Bronco actually is recreation in a rugby match. And I I understand how it can be a good metric for testing how fit your cardiovascular like endurance is. Mm. But is it a good way to improve it? Would be my question. Because it's a good way to measure, but is it a good way to improve your your cardiovascular fitness? I think it's, I mean, a lot of, a lot, if you can increase your VO2 max, then, you know, don't want to get too scientific, but if you can increase your VO2 max, it's going to be beneficial in general, isn't it? Yes. Yes. But is it the best way to do that is the question. Because for example, football has gone completely towards sprints, even though a lot of positions, so like a centre midfielder probably doesn't actually sprint that much in a football match. You probably come to like 70% quite a lot, but you probably barely hit 100% max whereas a winger in football will probably hit 100% a striker definitely will hit 100% a centre back will probably hit 100% a keeper won't even jog Mm. they will just jump and explode so but the reason they use intervals and sprints so like 15 seconds max out rest 15 seconds because it's the quickest way to improve your like VO2 max your that's what they found out basically is that's the quickest way to improve that so what they all do in football is you do the bleep test once a month, but that's to test how good your fitness is. Yeah, yeah. But what we want to do is want to improve it, so we're going to do this to improve it. Yeah. So it's like, so for me, doing a Bronco as as fitness training sounds a bit like doing a maths test. I'm just going to give you a maths test every week. 
well, you're probably not actually going to improve your math score if you're just doing a math test every week. You need math lessons in between yeah. to get better at maths, and then you're improving your test results. It's like Nick always says to me, the only way you get good at, at Broncos is by doing Broncos. <laughs> it's weird. Like, you can get better at, at, at the more you do it, you get better because you learn how to step around and stuff like that. But mm. yeah, argue, argue, I, I agree with you totally. I mean, uh, how many times is like, it's like, the props like how many how many 60 meter sprints is a prop going to do how many 40 meter sprints is a prop going to give so he might as well just do the 20 meter cone and do that double the amount of times do you know what i mean there is a, yeah the reason i know quite actually quite a lot about this is i say one of my friends from school he was a 400 meter runner and he said that he rarely ran 400 meters in training even though that was the distance he was meant to run because he'd be he'd be uh um working on one aspect of his running. So it might be that he's falling off at the 300 meter mark and that's where he's losing his power and his strength and his quickness. So then he would like, maybe the coach would then say, all right, we're going to focus on that. So we're just going to do 100 meter sprints to make sure you've got the sprinting muscles developed. So it's, it's, yeah, I, I understand the point I was that you want to do Broncos as knackering. However, is it the best way to get you better at Broncos? Yeah. It's a different point. Yeah, but anyway, I think we've done fitness to death now. We have. Uh, shall we move on? Shall we move on to the fantasy, Ed? Uh, we can do the fantasy. Um, what, yeah, we, what do we need to? What do we need to say about it? I'm, and I'm just going to pop you on mute whilst I top up my uh, my posh boy gin and tonic. Well, yeah, no, just wanted to give an update. So, like, Jurgen's sitting pretty at the top still. Uh, Gavin in second, and Alex in third. Um, not much. Uh, really separating those at the top but it's going to be interesting for the next um i think you're allowed to have the for the quarterfinals i think you're actually allowed to pick four from each team now whereas before you're only allowed to do three and i think your budget is actually upping as well uh we've had a couple of uh, new additions to the to the to the league which is nice we're now at 46 uh dennis is still sitting down there at, at 45 isaac 44 and flying celestian still at 43rd He's been at 43rd since round one. Consistent bin juice. Uh, I think it's great. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to be somewhere, nobody cares about who's between, you know, second and and, four, and and 43rd, but you're there at the bottom bin juice. I think we've got to get a shit prize for whoever comes last. We will. And speaking of prizes, so a few people have actually reached out to me about potential, like, merchandise in general for the part and stuff. So I, I think, you know, we might try and get some t-shirts designed or something, which would be quite cool or something like that. Um, so if people are interested, please let us know. Um, but yeah, I reckon the winner will might might be get something like that. And then for the loser, well, I don't know. What can we do for a loser? I think the loser should get, um, we should get some budgies made up with a waist high and then they have to take a photo in public with their budgies. Because Dennis is sit- Dennis is sitting at the bottom of now, and I know if he had some budgies, we'd probably get some interesting photos of him. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, oh. mate, merch for the waist eye would be amazing. Get some of those. It'd be class, caps, wouldn't it? Yeah, black caps, some t-shirts, some budgies. It'd be ah, oh, mate, be class. I think also we need to give a shout out to some of the absolutely incredible uh, usernames or nicknames on the uh, on the fantasy league. So. <laughs> There's someone here, some are quite obvious, uh, you know, it's just their names, but you have some, you've got 3 Beer Mike, 
I don't know who that is. I think you know Adam. That's, yeah, yeah, that's da- Danish Mike. So the reason why we call him Three Beer Mike is because he's the quietest bloke. He's a Danish guy. He started playing rugby last season. Probably our most improved player uh, in Stavanger at the moment. Um, but he's the most quiet, placid, nicest guy ever. But then as soon as he hits three beers, he's absolutely smashed. And but then he can he gets <laughs> he gets he gets this smash level at three beers, and then he can continue drinking another twenty and stays at the same level. So we call him three beer Mike, and he has this denser uh, uh, beer that he, he brings in the truckload from from Denmark. And so whenever we have any pre games or court sessions, he's always got these black cans of a denser Danish beer, and he has three of those, and he's just ruined. So yeah, three beer Mike. Yeah, that's that's who he is. Who else? Good. We've got uh, there's another one I saw. Shovel hands. Shovel hands. Who is that? I don't know who shovel hands is. Getting top shovel hands. Jay, it's yeah, got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. A, it's got to be a forward, hasn't it? They just can't. Catch. Oh yeah, it has to be. Um, we've got reggae shark. Reggae shark. <laughs> reggae shark. There's a, a sinless fungus. And we know Sam Fungus, he got in touch, remember? That was Ben, who lives in Oxley. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, no arms, no foul. Yeah, that's a, that's a Stavanger boy, that's Tom. Tom Scott. He's the only person I want to beat, because when we do the Six Nations fantasy, he's always, he, like, he's the guy with the spreadsheets, and he's he's always doing it, like, proper. And uh, for the first couple of seasons, uh, he was, like, always winning. So he's the guy I really want to beat. Nice. And then... I think for me, the most random name on here is Browsing the Library Shelves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't got a clue who that is. Yeah, got a so if that's you, please get in touch because that's just... I want to hear the backstory behind that unless you're just a really weird person. <laughs> but the thing is, it's going to be it's been an interesting week because obviously, you know, up until now, a lot of people's tactics have been like, oh, let's pick, uh, you know, New Zealand are playing... Namibia or well, I know that probably is a yeah. picture, but anyway, you know what I mean. Like, oh, we're definitely going to just going to load it with New Zealand players. But now you've got like the games coming up, They're like Wales versus Argentina, Argentina that could go either way. Ireland versus New Zealand, you know what I mean? You, it, now you've got to start thinking people aren't going to be scoring loads as before. So you pick a good winger, you know, it's going to score loads. Now you've got to start thinking about who's going to make the most tackles. You get a lot for an overturned um, uh, scrum and, and catching the lineouts and stuff like that. So. You've really got to start thinking about your tactics, about, right, who's actually going to be good at the breakdown. It's going to be tough. It's You've got to really start getting into it now, I think. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Um, so, yeah, please get in touch if some of those nicknames are yours on the Fantasy League. Um, keep participating. And then say we'll, uh, we're going to look at getting some, some merch or something uh, made up, which would be really cool. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned on that. Uh, nice. Is that a new beer, Tom? Yeah, it is. We're all uh, we're all feeling the Friday the Friday blues. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I it's something that kind of we've discussed a little bit in the past, but I thought it'd be fun to to maybe bring up again, especially whilst we haven't got like anything. Well, much more to talk about, rather. Um, so your best ever kind of maybe social rugby social that you've been involved in or maybe initiation or something like that just like a bit of fun or yeah i don't know if adam you, you've probably got some pretty crazy ones 
Yeah, so uh, the, what the first I didn't know what the question was going to be. So um, off off the top of my head, the first one that comes to mind is uh, my uni rugby initiation. I went to UCE University of Central England in Birmingham, and uh, we had the initiation, and we were told. So we had to we turn up to the changing rooms. Uh, we had to take in. We had to give all our clothes in. So we're just in our pants and shoes, uh, pants being boxers or or whatever, not the American trousers. Um, there was an obstacle course which involved dipping your head into a cold, um, cold bucket of beans, and then you had to do ten press ups. Whilst at this time you're getting peed on, people actually urinating on you. Uh, then you had to run somewhere, do a spin round a um, a pole, down a beer, which was a dirty pint, so that was a mixture of different things. Uh, run somewhere else, uh, do press ups whilst uh, you're getting beer thrown on you, uh, down another pint. And then we went back to the change room, hoping that we, you know, it was, a, it was a, a rainy day, so it was really muddy where we were. But back to the change room, hoping to have a shower, get our clothes on. The 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 guys who were already in the team that second years and third years had taken all of our clothes, and our 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 changing rooms were about three miles away from the student union, and they said you have to run back to the student union. They left us with a crate of beer, so we were having beers just in our pants, soaked in in smelling of horse. Uh, beans all over our face, running through the centre of Birmingham, just in our pants, to the back to the student union where we had to get back and get changed right back into our clothes. And then we played a game of 21s. You've ever played the drinking game 21s? Yeah. Which is complicated. They didn't explain any of the rules. So all the freshers that didn't, didn't know what the game was had to just learn by doing. And it was just absolutely brutal. I think I was in bed by nine o'clock. It was, uh, that was pretty brutal. Why, why are... English unis, why are the rugby initiations at English universities so bad? Like, Cridey was telling us his when he was on the pod. Um, I've got loads of friends who, you know, played senior rugby at universities, and some of their stories are just absolutely horrific. It honestly makes me glad I didn't go to uni in England. Uh, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I don't, I don't know whether it comes like it stems from, like, that military thing of stripping someone down to, to build them back up or not. There's got to be some sort of, or they're just knobheads, just public school boys who were just raw raw and thinking about it now just some of the socials we've had i think how am i actually still alive you know what i mean it's absolutely yeah. horrendous and some of the stuff you do but I, again it i think it's i think it's pretty much designed to kind of like get you together and make put you you know the alpha males are there we've been here longer we're bigger we're tougher we're stronger you guys got to know your place and you got to you got to perform to get get your shirt kind of thing um but yeah there's some horrible stories coming out of england for initiations i remember one there was um, someone actually died from one actually, which was which yeah. was pretty. Bad. It was with a pig's head. Did you hear about that? So someone they 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 their mascot was a pig, and they had to drink out the pig's head, and someone got contaminated. Anyway, yeah. What about you, Tom? Have you got any memorable memorable ones? No, I have zero memorable initiations. I didn't go to uni in England, and to be honest, I wouldn't have played rugby because I just think that's just I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I have nothing but contempt for the initiation that's just it's just an excuse for humiliation i don't see it as building people up i don't see it like that at all it's just i think it's just bullying i think it's just bullying and i think it's actually detrimental to the sport because i think there's a lot of good players that probably go to uni and they would have talent enough to play rugby for that uni club and just don't want to have beans thrown on them or be pissed on like i think it's disgusting i i, I don't I, honestly i don't see the foot I, I understand that it's humorous, but I don't think it's... Actually, I don't think it's humorous. I just think it's awful. 
Like, I just think it's genuinely awful. I think I actually have to agree. But what, what we, anyway, let's forget it. Let's ignore Mr. Yeah. Boring. Ed, what about you, mate? Have you one in mind? <laughs> well, I, I, like Tom, I didn't go to uni in England, thankfully, but. Um, Where did you go oh to uni? God. Uh, I was in uh, the Czech Republic in Prague where I studied there, and my university wasn't like one with loads of sports teams or anything like that, but I played club rugby over there, and I think. We had like two, so there was like one. If it was an away game, if it, if your first game was an away game, then you'd always do like something else. If it was if it was a home game, so for the away game one, uh, I played for a team called Slavia, which is uh, associated with the the football team that people probably know um, from Prague. Uh, so I think my first away game, they had a rule, right? So if it was your first ever game for the club, you had to buy a bottle of spirits. If it was your first start. You had to buy a bottle of spirits. Um, if you scored, you had to buy a bottle of spirits. Um, yeah, so it was your first game, your first away game, your first start, and you scored. So that's four bottles of spirits, basically. That happened to me in my first game. So we you got you had to buy four bottles in one game because you did all, all. It was an away game, your first start, and you scored. Yeah, is it away game? My first game, I started and I scored. So yeah, um, yeah, but obviously it's a Czech Republic, right? So you just buy the cheap stuff, which is like, oh god, in knock it'll be about. I'm not even exaggerating, probably thirty or forty knock for a, a bottle of rum or vodka or something. Um, it was absolute dirt cheap. So we just, I got all of that, and then on the train, uh, we had a five or five or six hour train journey back to Prague, and then you know. I don't know why, but most of the team ended up naked. We we most of the carriage of civilians just evacuated. Uh, we broke a few chairs and we we're dancing up and down the train, star bollock naked. And then we got back to Prague Central um, on the train. It must have been about eleven o'clock at this point, eleven p.m. And uh, I had to go into the fountain naked, and then yeah, in the city center and just uh, yeah. Then it was just like a big night out, uh, which was fun. And then for my home game, so the first time I played at home for the club, it was actually our biggest, uh, it was like the the Prague derby. It was the two biggest teams in Prague at the time, uh, Slavia against Sparta. And, and that was that was a class day. Like I, I was on the bench for that game, but there was probably about 2,000 people there watching. It was ridiculous. Like TV cameras, the lot. Um, but anyway, like after the, we won the game and afterwards, if it was your first home game, you had to like pretty much down a bottle of rum in on the pitch with the players after the game. Um, and all I remember, well, I don't remember that night out. I think I must have gone home at about 9 p.m., 10 p.m. I woke up in the morning and like hung over to absolute shit. Had no idea where I was. I look over my wallet, you know, make like, you know, you have that fear after a night out, right? You go, have I got my dignity? Have I got my wallet? Have I got my money? All this kind of stuff. Looked in my wallet. There is a, a taxi receipt. Uh, no, sorry. I, there was a, a receipt from an ATM machine. I withdrew like two thousand crown from an ATM machine, which is like sixty quid. And that is the cost in in Prague. If if you throw up in a taxi, you pay two thousand crown as a fine. So I kind of just put two and two together in my head. I had no recollection. And then like later that day, I was going to do my laundry or whatever, and I was like, "Where the fuck are my tracksuit pants?" Like I had those those typical Canterbury tracksuit pants that everyone wears, right? Mm. And I couldn't find them at all. Like, they were nowhere to be seen. 
and I totally lost him. And I shit you not, about eight months later, I saw a homeless man wearing them. <laughs> yes. Oh, shot. And you, how did you know they were yours? Well, I mean, I was living in a country where rugby isn't really a big thing. Right. <laughs> and, um, they were the specific, like, Canterbury, they're called, like, uglies or something, where, like, the, the logo going down your leg is, like, kind of colourful or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Another one. I, yeah. I don't know any other rugby player that would willingly like, give a homeless man quite an expensive pair of tracksuit pants. Fair play, mate. I bet you all his birthdays came at once. Yeah. Well, and I didn't want to be that dickhead that kind of goes to someone homeless like, oh, can I get those pants, please? <laughs> well, you'll be you'll be you'll be happy to know that we, we we have an initiation in the national team when you when you get your debut for for Norway. Um, the, the first initiation is that you at the um at the end of the game, whether it's away or at home, it doesn't really matter. It's your first cap. You have to sing a song in front of everybody. So it could be on the bus if it's an away game or in the in the wherever in the social. You have to do your song. But what we've what we've recently introduced, and this was at the Andorra game away, is that the most cap players will have the debutants or the fewer cap players will have the the debutants as caddies for the night. So they basically, so like I had a guy uh, called. Um, um, Jake Jacob, who's who plays for Bath University, it was, was his first game against Andorra, so he was my caddy. So basically, he has to do everything that I say. He has to follow me around. He has to go fetch my beers from the bar. He has to make sure I'm I'm, I'm getting to a taxi right. Everything. And he was the best caddy I've ever. I've had a number of caddies in the past, and he was by far just he just nailed it. He was coming up to me half a beer, and like, sir. Can I? And he kept calling me sir every time. He was like, sir, can I get you another beer? Yes, please, get this. So I just, in the end, I just gave him my wallet and I was like, look, you just keep yourself in beers and me in beers for the whole of the night. And he did everything. I'd be like, right, go, cook, cook, you know, uh, I needed you to go and pick my coat up there for me, keep my coat on for me, keep keep look after that. It's it brilliant. So we're not as as uh, outrageous as the as, as as some of the stuff that goes at uni, in uni, but it's, it's good fun. It's good fun. We every time he came up to you, like, "Oh, sir, can I get you another beer?" Were your were your pants getting a little bit tighter every time? Hundred oh, percent. He was he was so good. Honestly, I felt so safe. Um, uh, but Jacob, if you're listening, mate, you were you were definitely the best caddy. Uh, you set the standard for all caddies going forward, mate. You were an absolute legend. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, Tom. Surely you've never. So I, I bet you're one of those who's escaped every initiation you've ever had to do. Yeah. Man of many words. I don't, I don't fundamentally understand it. Like in my brain, I just can't. Like if I if I had to like fetch you drinks all night, I'd just be raging. I wouldn't see the funny side of it. I just wouldn't. Like it's like I can understand it, but 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 why if I'm a better player than you? Why? Why would I do that for you if I'm a better player than you? Why? What? I'm on the same. We're equals. We're on the same team. I'm not going to fetch you drinks. You can fetch them yourself. Like, I don't. I don't like it. It's like this is just something in me that doesn't like. Doesn't like this whole. Let's break them down so they have to prove themselves. I'm in the team. I don't need to prove myself to you anymore. I'm in the team. I've been picked by the coach to play the game. I'm in the team. I don't need to prove myself to you. I think we need less footballers on this podcast. I think football is the same. Football is the same, but football doesn't go on experience. It goes on skill level. That's the hierarchy in football. It's skill level. If you're rubbish, don't talk. Sit in the corner, be quiet, put your boots on. You're playing left back. 
You know, if the striker walks in, he can do what he wants. He scores goals. He can do what he wants. Like football, it's all skill. That's the hierarchy in football. It's skill. Whereas rugby, it seems like it just seems bizarre to me. It doesn't seem like it's earned. It's like, oh, you've well, maybe it is earned because you've got more caps. But would you? Like, the reason you have more caps doesn't mean you're a better player. It doesn't mean you're more valuable to the team. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't think it, for me personally, it would it would anger me. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't enjoy it. It's a good point though, because like. Tom, you're somewhat not not an outsider, but like coming from predominantly from a, another sport, looking in. I mean, to kind of grow the sport, do you think the the reputation that rugby's got about drinking loads of beers and doing all these drug things? Do, do you think it, it it's 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 a neg- it has a negative impact on trying to grow the sport in that respect? I think it's terrifying. In parts, I think this. I think like rugby in Norway in general gets it right. I think like we do have initiate singing a song for me is fine. You know, because what? Because that's an initiation where you can join in and help someone out. Say if I I don't like singing, I don't want to sing in front of people. But if you're a good captain and you say, right, it's your initiation time, you're going to sing a song, and I say to you before, like, do you mind, like, I I'll pick a song, but do you mind joining in, like, after the first couple of lines, and then everyone's singing the song, so I pick a song where everyone knows the lyrics, and I can do that, and I can get on board with that because it's like a team thing. And then, what song would you sing? What song would you sing? You're not. Um, by the way, there is a condition. You're not allowed to sing anything from by Oasis. That's too easy. I'd Just sing. I'd sing "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt because I think I know the lyrics to that. Yeah. Yes. You're beautiful. Go on then, Tom. Give us give us a rendition. So, so let's do a bit of role play. So this is your initiation. You've just got your first cap for Norway. I'm the vice captain. Eric's not there, so I'm captain for the day. We're on the back of the bus. We we've just played against Latvia. We're coming back to the airport. We're on the bus. Right, guys, uh, Tom had a shit game today. He played for six minutes, uh, got injured, uh, but it was his first cap. He's going to sing us a song now, Tom. Tom, so what you have to do, we're going to do exactly what we do. So imagine now we're on the bus. I'm, He's getting the lyrics up on his phone now. You, you're allowed to do that. That's fine. Uh, but, Tom, while you're getting the lyrics on, you've got to answer a couple of questions before. So, Tom, introduce yourself. What's your name? Where'd you come from? Tom Nottingham. Nottingham. Mansfield. Okay. Uh, are you single? Yeah. Yay! Everyone would scream then. Uh, if someone says that they're, they're, they've got a mystery, we ask how long, and then we say, boo, it'll never last. But anyway, uh, okay, Tom, uh, let me send the song. Uh, fire away. Tom from Nottingham. My life is brilliant. My life is brilliant. My love is pure. I saw an angel. Of that, I'm sure. She smiled at me on the subway. She was with another man. But I won't lose no sleep on that, because I've got a plan. You're beautiful. You're, you're beautiful. beautiful. It's true. So you're saying. So that's good because you're not allowed to join in until the chorus. So you have yeah. to do on your own. And then, but that's very good, Tom. Uh, very good. Ed, oh, it's you in your game as well. We're going to do the same role play with you. Oh, so everybody, it, it's on. Ed. Um, Ed's been, never shuts up about Prague, but we're going to ask him where he's from anyway. So, Ed, what, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Ed, uh, Manchester. Manchester, nice. Are, are you are you single? Nope. Oh. What, how long have you been with her? Actually, I think it's about a year today, you know. It'll never last. Take it away. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is Take Me Home, Country Roads by John Denver. Uh, okay, so... 
uh, almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, I don't know how you say that word, river, life is old there, older than the trees, uh, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze, country roads, take, take me home. Jesus Christ, I never, you know, I never realized how hard that word is to say, Shenandoah River. Yeah. Nice. Good on you, Ed. Good on you, mate. That is my, that is my, always my go-to karaoke song. Well, I hate to say and don't mean to sound like a dick, but that's the closest you're going to get to an initiation with playing for Norway. So, what? We'll, we'll let you giving you a little bit of an insight. <laughs> <after>. All right. <laughs> no, what was your song, Adam? You can't, uh, you can't just do all this and escape it yourself. Uh, it's a bit weird because I'm a really good singer. Um, so when I do it, people are just like, "Oh, you spoke." You, when people are shit, it's really good because it's like everyone just laughs and it's just like and it's really awkward. But it's not awkward; it's only awkward for the person that's doing it. But then I get up and I sing, and I'm actually really good. Yeah. Well, my song all. My song is uh, Robbie Williams' Angels, because I'm from Stoke. Oh, so. Well, you've kind of got to now, haven't you? <laughs> well, the boys in Savanger, I every time we go out, we always end up at a karaoke bar and they always sing it. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few verses. So. I sit and wait, does an angel contemplate my thing? You can sing, I'm not listening to that. It's no point, it's not fun. I only want to listen to him if he can't sing. I've muted him. <laughs> it, like he said, it's not fun if they can sing, and I was not having fun. Exactly. It's not good when people can sing, so that's why I kind of think we've got a bit of... No, uh, you know, Tom, Jack and I all went to go and see Robbie a few months back in concert in Oslo. Oh, mate, I'm so jealous. He was quality. Almost as good as me. Or almost, almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, something in the water in Stoke, clearly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can survive, you need good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Right. Um, we're over an hour. I think we should uh, potentially call it there before we all get carried away with more alcohol and more singing. Yeah, shame. But yeah, I think so. I want to put you guys to to to, to shame, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please give us a follow on Instagram and send in your requests or questions or feedback or comments. Absolutely anything. Let us know if you want some merch, um, all that kind of nice stuff, and we'll get some stuff made up. Um, I'm pretty sure the delivery costs to you, Tom, are going to be through the roof, considering you're basically in another country. Um, but yeah, thanks all for tuning in. If you've listened to this point, then congratulations. You've heard two of the worst singers in Norway plus one mediocre one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, catch you next week. Thank you very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.